Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Diana. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting and Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you out here, Diana. Diana Wu David, CEO and board level consultant, author, and TED ex speaker is here with us today to talk about a very important thing in this really really small world we're living in business is going faster than ever and she's going to talk about how companies can be nimble in a moment of geopolitical crisis or chaos which um you know has happened for some companies you have to move and groove and go quickly so welcome diana thank you so much christina uh, i'm so happy to be here so tell me, what brought you to being a consultant and helping businesses stay nimble in this crazy new universe where things are moving and grooving so quickly? Well, I, for decades, have been uh, somebody who, inside of corporations, inside of my own startups, and as a consultant, have dealt with digital disruption. Mm -hmm. uh, and really, since the 90s, you know, helping big corporations initially figure out what they wanted beyond, gee, I need a website. Uh, and then my career has grown across the world, really, uh, in starting in the U.S., but then in Europe, and I now live in Asia. And so that has fed into uh, staying nimble in, uh, in the geopolitical scene and just in, with the advance of globalization as well. Yeah, it is interesting, Diana, because I heard someone mentioning he, he's a business owner and a mentor. And he said, people come to me and they say, oh, my business was rocking and rolling. I've been doing well all these years. Now what happened? And he said, but that was five years ago. That's not today. <laughs> you have to keep yeah. moving and grooving. You have to change your strategy as things move. What have you seen as some of the pitfalls businesses are making with not staying on top of technology? Well, I think that... Um in terms of technology, and my book, Future Proof, which really is about staying nimble uh, with all that go is going on, is about the changes in technology and globalization and demographics. And I think that there's that sort of triple whammy, triple threat that people are facing. And all kinds of businesses often focus on one. In fact, they often focus on the tech. And then they get caught out because there's a lot of other stuff going on. And, uh, you know, really it's hard as it has been since the dawn of entrepreneurship, I suppose, to take that step back to work uh, sort of on your business instead of in your business, especially when so much volatility is happening and you just feel like you're in reactive mode. It's so difficult. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I'm thinking, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I've got the perfect website and they've got these processes going and whatever. But one thing I found, because I've consulted with businesses here in New York, is the, the loss of connection with their customer. That so much technology is awesome and it's made life easier, but then there's that you can't lose that connection with your clients. Yeah, I think that for me, um, and probably it's just how my brain works. It's about strategy. Uh, so it's about what you're actually trying to do. It's sort of the, you know, and when we were talking uh, about the, the geopolitical kind of volatility right now, mm -hmm. uh, I've seen so many people who are basically freaking out. <laughs> and 
Um, I live in Hong Kong, so I guess that that's a moment in time where uh, it's more warranted than ever. Uh, but the reality is that it's back to values. It's back to why you're doing your business, what your deepest values are, um, and what you're trying to do uh, now and in the future. And going back to that kind of calm um, sense of, okay, I know that it's chaotic now. I know that everything is changing. I know that, frankly, Mm-hmm. As a small business person, it's exhausting. As any person, it's exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but let's remember, you know, why I'm here and what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe prototype some options that I can do. And it's not just your customers; it's your employees too. I write a lot about distributed workforce, but. Uh, sometimes that personal connection, that sort of being human at work yeah. is the thing that does get lost in the shuffle when we, we think about, yeah, okay, I got to do this. And then maybe I need this technology solution. And then you have to go back and say, why, why, why do I want that? <laughs> I mean, How's that going to benefit my people? Yeah. I I like that you mentioned the internal, the employees. Uh, So many of our our past guests have come on and and, and mentioned the important thing, you know, the thing that puts the food on the table, which is the orders coming in from our clients. But who makes those orders happen but our internal employees that can't be lost? And I I like that you mentioned to have that human connection. One of my absolute favorite jobs way back one was way back when was working in a company where we had a coffee cart that would come twice a day, 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And we'd all get together on the floor, go have coffee and some coffee cake or whatever and talk. But it was that connection with each other and with the company that really enjoyed us, allowed us to enjoy being there. Uh, So yeah, yeah, there's that thing that is very important to keep. Um, So what else do you find is a real... Like say they get started today, a company's like, I know things aren't working, we're not making the profit, things have changed geopolitically, and around the world business-wise, where do they begin to see where their issues are so they can begin to work on them? So generally, I take people back to where they are uh, and back to the basics. Why did you start this business? You know, what, what are you trying to do? What job is this doing for your customers? Mm -hmm. And then project out, uh, where they oftentimes if they're, they're stuck, it's because they're doing the same thing. Like you were saying, my business is great at, you know, five years ago. (laughs) And sometimes it's just subtle shifts that you need to make in your business, but Mm -hmm. understanding where you're going Mm-hmm. And then figuring out what some of those gaps are and what some of those shifts are, even proactively. Um, oftentimes, you realize the gaps need to be filled right away. Uh, and it is people and maybe you know some of the people in your business. Sometimes it's just the way you relate to your clients, where you're still, do, you're still approaching them in the same way, but all your competitors have moved on. You know, they've, uh, they're not just doing the same exact sales process. They're providing a lot more value. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that I have a bent towards the future. It's sort of my thing. So I kind of look out at the, the next couple of years of my business and say, okay, what is it that I said I wanted to do and the job I'm doing for my customer? Mm-hmm. What is it that I think that'll look like in three years? And what are the gaps between sort of what, what it will be um, mm-hmm. and what resources I have or processes I have mm-hmm. um, to make that happen. Even my own internal resources. I mean, I think that 
you know, one of the things that we don't talk about, so we've talked about our clients, we've talked about our employees, but what about ourselves? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when things are volatile, like that is the time when you need to also remember that you are the best resource for your business. And if you're not investing in, you know, yourself and your own kind of ability to manage on a health level, on a mental level, then, um, then it's very difficult for you to be a wise leader for, you know, for your clients and your, the other people around. Uh, I love that you mentioned that, Diana. What happened for me at the beginning of the year, my husband, uh, we got married last year. He needed surgery this year. Congratulations. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Uh, he did well, but I was going through hectic stress, you know, thinking about the surgery, the trips out there for the surgery, doing my business, my consulting, the show. And, you know, one day I just say, you know what? I got to take a step back, a breather, see not only what um, I need first so that I can better provide. And I, you're right, that internal check with yourself, are you able to best provide for your client right now, right here? Where are you, that self-check? Yeah, I think that we often forget that. And actually, that is one of the things that people tell me they have taken away from you know, future-proofing, I started really with a focus on individuals, and some of them are entrepreneurs, and some of them are corporate, etc. And it's sort of an individual take on, oh my gosh, things are so volatile, what do I do? And, um, and I started looking at it, and I realized as, you know, as somebody who has a small business myself, that um, there are professional, you know, business things you can do. But one of the biggest problems is that balance of what are the resources I have at my disposal? Who are the people that I can call? You know, if you're at the head of a business, it's like you, you want to be that wise leader for your staff. So you need to find your other people that can, you can celebrate with, that you can, um, you know, talk to for support when you're having a difficult problem or a bad day. And yeah, uh, you know, there's a more holistic um, investment, I guess, in yourself as a business leader. Yeah, yeah. And I found for myself, it was interesting when I took that step back, I actually asked our audience, what are they looking for from Savvy? And and we sent out a survey and our audience came back with, can you make the show sort, uh, shorter? Because we don't have that much <laughs> I'm like, wow, yes, I can. <laughs> you take me some time. So, you know, yeah. like, you know, and that's the thing when people think my business worked five years ago, it's not working today. Well, maybe that short little shift you need to make will actually make your life easier as well as your customer. It'll, you know, something, it'll work for them better and work for your workflow process as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is a dance, really, isn't it? Absolutely. It may not work, you know. Maybe later they'll say, I really would love more, you know, holograms from you, Christina. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I gotta figure that out. Asking. <laughs> but you mentioned something else, Diana, that was very interesting and you and you, you can't do it all and to look for those resources. And I think something that's been hard for a lot of business owners, including myself, is letting go of certain things and going, they can handle it. You know, whoever you is, you know, you've hired whatever vendors you have or employees going entrusting them and trusting they can do it. One thing I found even working as a consultant, you'll go into places and there'll be managers who run themselves ragged. I'm like, you've got people here. Use them. They want to feel you, uh, you know, not you. They want to feel well, you know, like I can use my services and benefit the company. Trust in them. So I, I think that's something I've seen. What's your take? 
I think that trust is something that uh, we seem to be having an, a bit of an issue with globally. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people don't trust their governments. They don't trust their you know, business leaders. They don't trust the media, fake news, all these things. Uh, so I think that the people that I work with, and I work at board level quite a bit as well, we talk a lot about that. And the thing that's interesting, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about, don't get me on a tangent. <laughs> the interesting thing is how differently people um, view trust, uh, that how much intentionality there needs to be. We, we like to think of trust as being something that just appears, but uh, really understanding what it means to people and trying to help them bridge that divide between you and somebody else, I think is, is really important, especially now as things like diversity and inclusion become more important. You know, we've sort of said it's something we should do and it's going to, there's a lot of statistics saying it's better for your business, but hmm. we don't really know how to create trust with people who don't have the exact same values and experience and, and culture as we do. So um, there are really some great things that you can do for yourself to understand yourself better. So maybe you can be that manager who trusts your staff and also to understand them so that it's sort of like, sort of like the asking, you know, educating yourself and asking uh, your clients, what would work for you? <laughs> uh, and it may not be what you think. Wow. You know, this is something I never thought about, Diane. I never even thought there'd be different definitions of trust for different cultures or different people. And it never even occurred to me. So you're saying the best way for a manager or maybe owner to get started is understanding each of their employees or vendors is what is it that you need? What, what do you need from me to make your job easier? Yeah. And I think that you can, you can use the T word, you know, what would create a culture of trust in our company. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that, that allows people, if they feel safe, that there's like a word called psychological safety, which seems kind of clinical to me, but people in innovation realms use it often. And it's basically, I feel comfortable, you know, with constructively challenging your ideas um, and offering my own opinions. And I think as a business leader, I want my staff and my team to feel like they can do that because that is really the only way that you get a sense of you know what's going on in the business what are the options not just the ones i have to think up myself but you know the collective uh wisdom of everybody who's working on your business and maybe advisors who aren't part of your team you know kind of creating a network for yourself mm -hmm. of people who do things in maybe different businesses and the time and space to really you know, have those people meet with those people, have them on speed dial so you can work through issues. I think that that horizontal network is really uh, something that, you know, that entrepreneurs need for their sort of <laughs> mental health, but also just to, to get a different perspective. It really is about um, gathering a lot more wisdom than, than just you yourself can have sitting behind your desk. Absolutely. I mean, everyone around you will have a different take. I mean, you'll look at the situation. They, they couldn't, like I just thought, there couldn't be another way to look at the word trust, but there is because people come from different perspectives. And it's interesting you say that, Diana, because at many companies I go to and I, I talk to the management staff and they're like, oh, yes, we, 
we're very transparent here. We, we value transparency. We let all of our employees stay their mind and we take their, but when you really talk to the employees, they're like, no, we can't speak. No, no, I get fired. If I say anything, I don't trust. They don't trust that they can really say their piece and not lose their job. So yeah, you're right. This is really, really important that businesses listen to that and realize that really, do you really value what others say on your, you know, within your team or your, your company, or are you kind of stifling it? Yeah, I think I work a lot with people who are now grappling with the demographic issue, which is the, you know, from Gen Z to baby boomers as people work longer and sort of live a hundred year life. And the definitions of what trust looks like and the assumptions are different. And I work a lot with different people from different cultures. Transparency is one of the sort of um, I think the 13 measures of trust that we use and it's a very Western like I think it's amazing I'm totally bought into the you know Ray Dalio uh, full transparency radical transparency movement mm -hmm. but it is something that in for instance in most Asian cultures they're like why would you do that and it has to do with you know transparency directness of communication how expressive you are um, all these things that we take for granted may not land well. And even if you say transparency, um, mm -hmm. one of my clients, the the high-level management was exactly as you say, it's all about transparency. And the lower-level folks were like, yeah, it's all well and good for you to say. You're actually the boss. <laughs> and for them, it was a lot more about like, you know, trust is loyalty. I know I'm not going to get fired or safety or you know, some of the other elements that can, uh, honesty and transparency and honesty aren't necessarily the same thing. So it is quite interesting to see um, how people can work at that. And I think it's worth delving into um, because my vision of the future really is one where we work in different companies with different people and it is kind of ever changing. Mm. Um, so there are some things that we didn't know we had to be good at. <laughs> um, and certainly that interpersonal dynamic uh, aspect is one of them. Yeah, you mentioned something there very important, Diana, and that is that as things change, what, you might have been an awesome employee, but as, a, as the company changes, maybe your skill set doesn't match. So you'll, the company will want to look at either rehiring uh, people that can do that section and, and putting you in a place that would match your skill set or giving you training so that you can, you know, be a better asset to the company and, you know, also learn more yourself. Uh, the reality is I think, you know, your audience is in a really good place because oftentimes the people that I speak to are, have bought into the idea that I'll go to school and then I'll go get a job um, and it'll be quite linear. But for most corporations, you can just look at the S and P 500. There are very few that have been there over say 60 years. I think it's in the teens in terms of percentages and the average age uh, of a corporation is uh, predicted in a few years to be 12 years. So the reality is you will outlast maybe even your company, yeah. even if it's, even if it's a huge company, right? So um, there is not the safety of being able to do the same thing all the time. It really requires a, a mental agility that um, for somebody, as old as me has been hard to come by, but <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> no, but I get you. I get you. I've heard a lot of my um, millennial, um, when I've gone to companies that have a lot of millennials, they'll say, well, you know, I 
go from job every one to two years because that's how I get a pay increase. And that's how I build my skill set. I learn stuff here and then I go to the next place. And they're like totally cool with that. But the baby boomers were like, no, I stay here till I die. And so, yeah, it is definitely a different mindset. But there's nothing wrong with either mindset. It's just a different way of looking at it. And yet, Christina, this is the year that the oldest millennials will now fall under age discrimination laws because they're hitting 40. So they're not the young folks that you, you consider them to be when, when you say that word. Well, we're, we're all growing. <laughs> we're all growing. <laughs> yeah. well, it's been awesome chatting with you today. I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out how they can get a copy of your book, find out more about you. How can they do that? I think the easiest way is to get a copy on Amazon. The book is Future Proof Reinventing Work in the Age of Acceleration. And I can send you uh, to my website for a resource on an assessment. It's 11 questions to prepare for your future. Uh, and it really does help you see where those gaps are. It's a, I'm not a big on really long downloads. I have not a lot of time, just like your entire audience. So if you go to dianawudavid.com and I can send you the link for the show notes, then they can download that and really get a quick snapshot of what they can do uh, to prepare for the future, where the gaps are, and very quick actionable tips to focus. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Diana Wu David, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted, for sharing your great wisdom today. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Lovely to speak to you. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.